So here's the question for everybody. How do you reinvent yourself in a pandemic? How do you reinvent your business in a pandemic? As you know, we've been talking to people about pivoting in a pandemic. And what do you do when now you're all cooped up inside and you we can't go to the gym, people are gaining weight, they're not they're not able to meet with other people. We are, we've already been suffering from a loneliness pandemic, especially women. And as you all know, um, as you get older, it gets harder to make new friends and you can feel very cut off. You can feel very isolated just living your regular pre-pandemic life, BC, before Corona. What do you do when you're stuck in this situation and how do you make new friends? How do you get some exercise? How do you actually become more healthy? Well, the good news is Joyce Shulman, who runs 99 Walks, an app that lets you have guided and various kinds of walking events that you can do through an app. She has an answer and it's getting people outside together virtually, it can be, or it can be live. Um, to walk with each other. And I was lucky enough to do her show. And I went out walking around New Orleans, which I always do. I try to do two walks a day. And I love walking. It's one of my favorite things to do. It makes me think. Um, In New Orleans, I have to be careful because I end up walking and getting food because there's always something great around the corner. But it's a, it's just a great way to clear your mind and to change your scenery and make you feel thankful for what you have. A beautiful day, uh, a beautiful building to look at, beautiful uh, foliage, beautiful flowers, bugs, whatever it is you're interested in. So what's interesting is she had started this app, which is about a year ago, and it, she's a serial entrepreneur with her husband, and the app has gone crazy of course, during the pandemic, because everybody has had to figure out how are they going to get out there. And what's really interesting is the people that it's really helped, she said, is women who feel like, and she calls it the fitness industrial complex, such a great terminology, have left behind. Some older women who've never found a, a meaningful fitness program, who don't feel like fitness is for them, the walking app, has shown them that they can do it. And I think it's a wonderful thing to bring about right now and a wonderful way to connect and a wonderful way to get healthy. So I'm so excited to bring to you Joyce Shulman of 99 Walks. So hi, Joyce. So glad to have you on. I'm so excited to be here with you. Great. And um, I want everybody to know we just met, which is really terrific. I just did Joyce's show. Do you want to talk a little bit about what you do? We'll start there and then we'll go backwards into your history. Sure. So I'm something of a serial entrepreneur, but what has always guided everything I've done is community first. I am about what makes my heart sing is building community, particularly among women. So my latest venture is called 99 Walks. We are on a mission to get a million women walking and to build community and inspire happiness and better health along the way. 
And why did you pick walking? Were you concerned about women's health issues or were you concerned about, I mean, is there some particular reason? Uh, All of the reasons. So I am a lifelong walker. I do other things. I've always been super active, but walking has for the better part of my life been the thing that's grounded me. It's the way I process things. It's the way I carve out time and space to think about things. It is the way that I just keep my body moving no matter what else is going on in my life. And I learned early on the really profound impact that a walk could have on my mood. I don't know if you want a little story. Shall I share a little story? Always share stories. (laughs) So I was about 16 and I came home from school one day in a terrible mood and my dad was there. He's a coach and a teacher. And he took one look at me and he said, go for a walk and we'll talk when you get back. And I don't know what was bugging me. It was high school. So, you know, it could have been a bad grade, mean girls, a boy, who knows. But I dropped my backpack on the couch and I walked right out the door and I took a two mile walk. And I vividly remember the feeling when I walked back into my house and my whole mood had shifted. And that was the start of my recognition that walking is not only incredibly good for our bodies, but it's incredibly good for our minds and our moods as well. So it's been part of my life. And why did you create it as a podcast? So 99 Walks, uh, the podcast is a piece of what we do, but 99 Walks is a full fitness and wellness app and program and community. We have tens of thousands of active members who are part of the 99 Walks community who set their own goals on our app and who track their intentional walks. We're not about step counting. We're about really carving out that time and space to think and ponder and walk. And then uh, we support those efforts through a ton of content within the app, including our podcast and daily walking classes and walking meditations. And then for our members who achieve their goals, and most of them do, we send everybody what we call wearable inspiration, which is an engraved bracelet with the theme of the month. So it really is kind of a 360 approach to encouraging women to get out, get moving, set their own own goals, start reimagining themselves as somebody who sets a goal and walks her way to accomplishing it. And so how is it downloadable on all the, I guess, all the app sites? Yep. Yep. So we have an Android app and an iOS app. Oh, that's Uh, great. Yeah. We've been at it just a bit over a year. Wow. And so how many people are there just over a year? Uh, Closing in on 12,000. Oh my God. Okay. And what is the content about? So the content is a combination of daily walking classes at all kinds of different levels. They're audio only. So really designed for you to pop in your earbuds and join one of our coaches on a 15 or 30 minute or hour long walk. And then we have walking meditations a couple of times a week and just a ton of content over the course of the last year. So hundreds of walking meditations to choose from and walk and talks like we did last week where I invite awesome women to join me for a 30-minute conversation that we encourage our members to take with them while they're walking. 
And who are some of the people that you've invited besides me, which was really fun. It was great because I'm a big walker. I, I make a, a point of walking at least twice a day. It's great, right? It's just your time and your space. And gosh, we've we've had the opportunity. I've had the opportunity to chat with so many really interesting people. Martha Beck, she's amazing. Uh, Dr. Vivek Murthy, who is once again our Surgeon General. Uh, he's a big proponent of the importance of connection, and he has really shined a spotlight on the loneliness epidemic in this country. And that's something that we talk about quite a bit. And that I'm super, super focused on. Um, Mariel Hemingway. So that was really fun. Uh, and just a slew of other people. Wow. I'm, I'm impressed and I'm, I'm honored to be in that group. That's really great. So let's talk a little bit about you and talk about your history. If you've been a serial entrepreneur, since this is all about reinvention, where did you grow up and how did you get into the whole entrepreneurial thing? Were your parents entrepreneurs? You know, if you ask my parents, they will say they were definitely not entrepreneurs. So I grew up on Long Island. My dad, as I mentioned, is a teacher and a coach. So he taught school at the middle school and high school level for 36 years, the most stable job. When I was looking at a career, it was stability, stability, stability. My mother was a professional dancer and dance teacher. But the thing that they did, which infused so much of my life, and I don't even think they realized that they did it, is my family owned a boys sports camp the whole time I was growing up, up in Maine. And that was a full on entrepreneurial journey, super creative, all of the challenges of business. So while they had these very stable jobs and were always kind of advocating for a super stable career for me, the truth is they were super entrepreneurial in this endeavor that just peppered my whole childhood. And what was your first entrepreneurial thing? What did you do? Where did you, did you stay locally for college? Did you? So I went to college in Maryland, graduated from college, worked for a couple of months and went to law school. So I started my first business while I was in law school with my sister. And that is a terrible idea. Not working with my sister. My sister's awesome. But starting a business while you're in law school is a really bad plan. But I always had this desire to create something, to build something from scratch. It's just so compelling. But I graduated law school and I went to work in New York City as a litigator, commercial litigator, working on big lawsuits for big law firms. And I did that for quite a few years. And then what? And then actually my, uh, my mentor and boss came to me one day and said, you know, I really think you have a future here. I want to groom you to take over my practice, you know, that whole conversation. And it was like the Charlie Brown bubble over his head. And I was thinking, oh God, I don't want to, I love you, but I don't want to grow up to be you. I don't want your job. And I think he thought he was sort of you know, giving me this big compliment. And I walked in a couple of days later and quit. So 
I don't think that conversation went exactly the way he intended it. And then I did a couple of different things. I was writing, I was trying different things. And my husband and I got married and we would spend our Sunday nights talking about what we could do that we could start something. Where's the need? Where's the passion? What do we want to do? And we came up with an idea and he quit his job and we sold our apartment and I quit the the projects and the job I was working at at the time. And we started our first business knowing absolutely nothing. And what was it in? Can you describe it a little bit? Sure. So uh, we founded a company called the Rover Group and we made the world's first nutrition bar for dogs. That was our first product. And we grew that product line to 42 different products for dogs, cats, and horses. And we had that business for uh, about three or four years. We lost everything. We lost the proceeds from the sale of our apartment. We lost our entire retirement funds. We lost the money we had borrowed from our family. It got, it got pretty dicey there for a while. Uh, and then we managed to sell the business for a fraction of its debt. It's this is like the classic entrepreneurial story, right? The first ones just couldn't couldn't be worse. Um, and we dusted ourselves off, picked ourselves up, and started business number two, which was in the non traditional and out of home media space. And that's how we started on, on a media journey for a while. I know that's your, yeah, your history so, as well. So let's talk about that. What was it? But that's so sad. I'm so sorry that you lost everything in the first round. That's really scary. It it was it was very scary. You know, it, it's such a cliche, but now you look back at all the lessons that you learned and all of that experience and everything that taught us. And of course, it's made us better. It's made us stronger. It's made us more insightful. It's made us so much more, I should say me, so much more um, sensitive to the challenges that other people go through. So I, I it was horrible, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. And what was the next business? So we were sitting on our back deck with some very dear friends, and he was the publisher of Pet Business. That's how we first met this couple. And they also published a trade magazine called Pizza Today. And he was regaling us with pizza statistics, not the least of which was, at the time, Americans ate 180 acres of pizza every day. And we were having this conversation over a pizza dinner and the pizza box is sitting in the middle of the table. And I said, I, I wish we made mozzarella. And my husband said, what if we put advertising on the pizza boxes? And I said, you mean like diner placemat advertising? And he said, no, four color, glossy, magazine quality, fully wrapped uh, images and advertising on the pizza boxes. And I said, can we do that? And we figured out how to do that. We found a partner who actually manufactured pizza boxes, and we were the nation's leader and the first in pizza box advertising. Was that successful? It was successful, but it was challenging. So we grew that fairly quickly to a multi-million dollar business. So that was kind of our first success on a revenue standpoint. But wow, that was hard. We're talking tens of millions of pizza boxes printed and shipped and delivered and tracked. And oh, it was really hard. And so how long were you in that business? Gosh, I want to say five or six years. 
And at the time, and now I'm really dating myself, but at the time we were watching the rise in the internet and I was fascinated by the idea of niche e-newsletters. Nobody was doing this, right? And I had this vision that you could send content for free because I, at the time I thought it was free. Email was free. So that should be free. If you could develop content that really resonates with a particular audience and build that audience, you could really deliver incredible value and have a great audience that advertisers might want to reach. Now, it sounds really obvious when I say it now in 2021, um, but 15 years ago, it was not so obvious. So I walked into my husband's office because we've been working together since the start. And I said, listen, I have this idea. And I described my idea and my vision. It was all around delivering content to parents about what was happening for kids and families on a very hyper-local basis, in a very community-oriented local way. And he said, well, that's an interesting idea, but we have a business to run. So how about you go back to work and focus on the business that we actually have? Uh, but I couldn't get the idea out of my head. So we started beta testing it nights and weekends uh, with a third partner, an old friend of mine who I kind of roped into helping with this. And we founded a company called Macaroni Kid, uh, maybe, I don't know, gosh, 14 years ago, I want to say. And, and what was it? Just describe what it was. Yeah. So Macaroni Kid delivered hyper-local e-newsletters and websites focused on everything happening for kids and families. We grew that company to reach over 500 communities across the U.S., reaching about 3 million families each month. Uh, and we actually just exited that company this past August. We sold that company to uh, so actually- did you do, Go ahead. Yeah. Did you do well with that then? Uh we did. Listen, it was a great experience. It was a great experience. Uh, as you know, Leslie, as well as anybody, the digital media space, that's yes. another one that's tough, boy. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> okay. So but how big was that? You said, just tell me, give me an idea of how big that got before you sold it. Uh, so uh, we had an email list of about 3 million families. We were in 500 plus communities and we were several million dollars a year in revenue. So we exited that in oh August, okay. uh, but uh, about eight or 10 months before we started that, this I, now that I'm describing it this way, this seems to be my pattern, right? I started looking at the health and wellness crisis in this country, especially among women, which is kind of perplexing because we've never known as much as we know right now about what it takes to be well and healthy right? We've never had as much information and science. And yet as a country, we are getting, we are getting bigger and we are getting less well. So I was watching that. And I was also watching the rise of the loneliness epidemic and 70, we have some proprietary research, 72% of women acknowledge that they suffer from loneliness. So what I always say to women is if you feel lonely, you're actually not alone because most women feel the same way. And for me, walking and walking with friends and walking as part of a community has always been a, a tremendous value, as we talked about kind of at the top of our conversation. 
And I thought, well, maybe there's something to be done here. So we started beta testing this idea of 99 walks, and it just has been, uh, we call it a rocket ship. The growth has been crazy. And so what's your ultimate goal there? What are you, what are you thinking that you are looking for? What will make you feel like a success other than a successful business? But is there anything that you're other than getting these million women walking, is is it getting them in better health? Is there do you have any metrics you're trying to meet? We get emails and social media messages literally every single day from our we call them pack we call it our pack so from our pack members talking about the profound impact that 99 walks has had on their life it, it is so far beyond my wildest dreams of the impact we could have in 14 16 short months that i just want to keep doing this I want to do this. I want to do more of this. So give me an example of what people are telling you that you don't have to use names, but just an idea of what, what it is that they're saying and what, because I'm one of the things about Covey is that it was created for a very similar reason, which was, I saw the loneliness that happens when, you know, your kids grow up and you start facing empty nest and how scary that is for a lot of people. And it's very hard to make new friends as you get older, especially if you're out of, you know, you're changing workforce or you're winding down a bit, or, you know, you have some kind of health crisis or you're, something has changed in your family. You really don't have a built-in community. You know, we don't have community anymore, anywhere, except on social media, which is not real community. So, why don't we talk a little bit about that and how what you've heard in terms of battling that? So interestingly, our community really is similar to yours. So when we started 99 Walks, because we had been in the mom space and the family space for so long, we expected that our core audience was going to be moms of young kids, because that's the, the audience that we knew. And that's the audience that we talked to. And it turns out that very similar to Covey, our audience is women whose kids are older, high school off to college, even older than that, facing exactly the challenges that you're talking about. And the other piece of this for so many women is that they have been left behind from what we affectionately call the fitness industrial complex. For so many of these women who are older, who are heavier, who have never had a meaningful fitness pro program in their lives, they don't feel like there's a place for them in the world of fitness. And we're really reimagining all of that for them. So just this morning, I received an email from a woman. She's older. She is dealing with a health issue. She has a non-malignant brain tumor, but it's causing some vision issues and it's causing some balance issues. And as a result of that, she's been homebound. Not that she has to be, but she has been. So unbeknownst to us, because she joined 99 Walks, but didn't really raise her hand or become active in the community, she went out and got herself a cane 
She found a quiet, private place to walk where she wouldn't feel self-conscious. She is walking in a cemetery, she said. She set a goal for herself. As I, I think I mentioned, each of our members set their own goal. So she set a goal for herself for the month of January. And for the first time in her life, she said, she accomplished a physical goal that she had set for herself. And, you know, we make a big deal out of accomplishing goals because you should make a big deal out of accomplishing goals. So when you hit your goal, you get confetti and a big congratulations in your app. You know, the, the app just goes crazy congratulating you. And then a few days later, you get a tangible reminder of your accomplishment. And it just, it just tickled her. But more importantly than that, it taught her that she, that there's a place for her in fitness and wellness. There's a place where she belongs and whatever level she is at today, that is okay. And that's the lesson that we are teaching thousands of women. So interesting that they feel left out. And I can see that and walking is a good doorway in. We call it a gateway for sure. Yeah. So what are you hoping to accomplish in the next year? And what do you see happening? I mean, many people because of the pandemic are really struggling. I mean, everybody I'm talking to is gaining weight because we're not moving as much as we can. Um, or, you know, our gyms are empty because we're afraid to go in. So what are you suggesting with all of that? Is other than just walking? I mean, is that, is there walking more? <laughs> what do we do? Cause it's so frustrating and I love to walk. It's one of my favorite things, but you still need like maybe carrying hand weights. I don't know. What do we do for these bodies? These, uh, COVID COVID weight gain bodies. Well, the truth is we, we strive really not to talk too much about weight, right? We're not focused on weight loss. There are a lot of weight loss options out there. And, I am one of those people who believes very much that you can't exercise your way out of a bad diet and we are not nutritionists. So what I want is for people to keep moving as much for their mind and their emotional well-being as their body. Now, the research around walking for wellness is incredible. There's a study out of Canada that a regular walking practice can add up to seven years to your life. So what we're seeing is that it, people like you who have a regular fitness program and walking is part of that. So you're continuing your walking, but you've lost the other piece. There are so many people, especially during the pandemic, that emotionally aren't moving, or I should say aren't moving because they're depressed. You know, a body in motion stays in motion. So my hope is that as we get back to using air quotes, normal, that people really take this regular walking practice and make it part of their lives, literally for the rest of their lives. Anything else you wanna talk about with women in particular? Is it only women? It's, it's men and women, right? It's really women. We have a it's couple really of women. guys, okay. we welcome everybody, but we are really creating a safe space for women to show up however they are. Um, and we focus in our content predominantly on women-focused issues. So that's really our space and our, our core. So funny how the women are always the doers. Isn't it hilarious? It's like the men, 
they just, it's just like a whole different approach. <laughs> it's like they, I mean, and I feel bad because I hear a lot of very successful men who just think there's nothing they can do at this point in their life. And they feel stymied, but they, they, you know, women take charge. I agree. And I do believe that men are suffering from this loneliness yeah. epidemic yeah. in different ways, but as profoundly as women. I just, if I'm going to be really honest, I have no idea how to help them. Yeah. You know, I have a lot of clarity around how to serve women, and I have no idea how to help lonely men. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they do either. It's really terrible. <laughs> I hope somebody figures it out, but it's not going to be me. So if there are anything, because of what we're talking about is inspiration, which we've already talked about. Now let's talk about if somebody wants to do the kind of thing that you're doing. And let's talk about your your last thing, which is the 99 walks. What can they do? What are the sort of tips and tricks for getting something like that done? If they have an app idea, if they have a fitness idea, um, and these, remember, these are women like you and me, fairly sophisticated. They may never have been a entrepreneur before, but they might have a good idea for something. There are, there's a big difference between having a good idea for something and wanting to take this entrepreneurial journey. And I think people have to be pretty honest with themselves about whether or not they want to take on this challenge. Because as you're seeing firsthand, when you go from a corporate environment or you go from a big team environment and set out to build something on your own, it's hard. It's hard. Oh, so, yes, it is. <laughs> it's and, tough. Yeah. And a couple of things help that. The first thing that helps that is being incredibly passionate about what it is you're building. So there are a lot of things where you can think and women can think like, I have a good idea. This should exist. The next question is, well, let me, let me give you our three-part, Eric, my husband and I, and we've worked together for 20 some odd years. We have a three-part analysis that we put every new business idea through. And it's super simple, but I recommend it to everybody who's thinking about an idea. Step one is, does this idea have merit? Would this be something people could use? Is there a need for this? What problem is this solving? That kind of high level, is there really something here? Question number two is a total back of the envelope, do the economics work in a really simple way based on everything you know without doing a ton of research. How much would it cost to create this and how could I monetize it? Is this a business? And maybe it's a hobby and that's great too. But if you're making a decision about whether or not you want to launch a business, start with, is this a great idea? Do the economics work? And then here's the third question where you got to get really honest with yourself. And that is, do I want to wake up every day and do this? Because if you're going to launch a business, if you're going to launch a product, if you're going to create a community, it's going to be really friggin' hard. And you have to wake up every day and want to do that work. And we've killed a lot of ideas that are really good on paper, really good ideas. The economics look great. But when you get to, do I want to do this every day? Would yeah. this yeah, get me out of bed with passion? passion? Yeah, yeah, you have to have real passion for that. So it's... my advice to everybody, anytime anybody asks me, 
is put yourself through those, ask yourself those three questions, put yourself through that exercise and be sure that you're being super honest about all three. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a, it's a tough one and you don't know sometimes, but you know, you may, you may, you know, that's what gets me out of bed is knowing that I love doing my own thing. I love the fact that if I have an idea today at three o'clock, I can implement it by five if I'm fast enough. Um, and, and the women you're connecting with. Yes. Right. Forging and, those connections. I mean, oh, that's, that's totally. the power. And it's those notes like you were talking about when you change someone's life. I mean, that was always what got me going. That was what being a magazine editor was about for me, was the letters that I got. I mean, everybody used to laugh because it was never about my boss. It was always about, you know, how are we impacting the customer? And that was always, you know, you could change lives. I mean, as you see, it's very much the same thing. And um, that's what's wonderful about being a small entrepreneur now is you can really change lives one at a time, you know? Yeah. And see that impact and, and meet those people. Yep. That's, social media is absolutely a blessing and a curse. Yes. But it does, <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it does give us the opportunity to, to see those people at mm-hmm. least through the lens of social media. They're not some nameless name or when you were in magazines, I, got, mm-hmm. it, I assume it was really rare that you got to feel up close and personal with the people. That yes. You no, because remember back then in the very beginning, all you would get were letters. Right. Now the good magazines would have somebody, believe it or not, can you even imagine this? They had somebody who would reply to every letter. Love they that. had a team of people. That was the olden days. Now, like people contact you and you're like, I can't reply unless it's really important or it works for us. The rest, you're just going to have to forget because there are no people. But um, yes, it, you know, that was one of the great things. And then once magazines started to become, when the editors were able to come out from behind the desk, then for me, it was really fun. Yeah. For a lot of people, they hated that because, you know, it was a lot of introverts um, who really did great magazines, but they did not like being out there. So it changed things a lot. Well, Joyce, thank you so much. I hope everybody will go join. Do they go to 99walks.com to join? Uh, 99walks.fit or 99walks.com will both get you there. And we're across social media as well. If you want to just learn a little bit more and see some of the stories of our community, you can find us on all the social channels at 99walks. Fabulous. Well, I can't wait to see what you're go- what you're doing and how this morphs for you. And I love the fitness idea. And I love the fact that we're getting people out there, especially in this pandemic, to do what they can do. We can all walk mostly. Exactly. Um, so we're not prohibited because that is one of the things is how do you maintain your health in this and um, without getting yourself into a tight situation. So Joyce, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. And I appreciate what you do. Thank you. Right back at you. All right. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Joyce. And if you liked what you heard, I hope you will subscribe. And I hope also if you know other people who are trying to find a way to reinvent themselves, we have inspiration and we have the tips and tricks that you will bring them to our podcast. 
Also, if you're interested in reinvention, come over to the Covey Club site. We're right in the middle of having, we sort of revamped the site. We revamped our offerings. We've got all kinds of great stuff for you now. We have Covey Pods. We have special rooms about everything you can imagine. And um, you will totally enjoy what you're seeing there. Come over to CoveyClub.com. We hope to see you there. And until next week, this is Leslie Jane Seymour, and I will be walking around looking for my next interview. Bye.